Hey everyone, it is Kyle Langan, the host of the Hamptons to Hollywood podcast. You know me by now. Um, I'm really excited to share a conversation today that I had with fellow author Liz Alterman. Um, she is the author of the upcoming domestic suspense novel, The Perfect Neighborhood. She's also written a young adult novel, He'll Be Waiting, and a memoir, Sad Sacked. So I really was interested in talking to Liz because we have so much in common. We've both written three books. She also uh, is a self-described writer of everything real estate to the Real Housewives, which is something that definitely resonates with me. And I just really loved our conversation. She's such a breath of fresh air, and I am really excited to share um, some more conversations with fellow writers on the podcast. So she goes into her new book, uh, what made her want to be a writer, uh, writing a memoir and how she got her first books published, and being a mom and coping with rejection and layoffs and all the things that writers and all of us face. So snuggle up, get ready. This is a really fun conversation and I just cannot believe how much we had in common. I felt like I found my, my writer kindred spirit. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. Okay, I just want to say, oh, I've been listening to your show and I've been really enjoying it. Oh, good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it sounds like we have so much in common. It really does. <laughs> yes. Perfect guest. So. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's so great to meet you. I was really excited, um, like we were saying, that you. it seems like that you and I have a lot of similar parallels in life and work. So I think, you know, we're, I'm excited to chat and, and find out more. I am too. Um, so you have a new book coming out um, called The Perfect Neighborhood. It comes out July 12th, correct? That's correct. Yes. Thank you. And, and so just in your own words, I could talk about it, but I want to hear from you kind of what the book is about and also, you know, why you wanted to write it and kind of where the idea came from. Okay. Thanks for asking. Uh, well, the book is about a five-year-old, an almost six-year-old who goes missing on his walk home from kindergarten. And it takes place in this seemingly idyllic community where people, you know, feel safe just um, because it is, it's a nice area where people know each other. But once you sort of scratch the surface, you realize that sort of everyone has secrets. And so I guess I'm a mom of three and I love reading thrillers. And so I think I really wanted to try my hand at writing one. And so one morning I woke up from a dream about a child going missing. And I had sort of the end of the story in mind of who had done it. And I shared it with my husband and he said like, mm, I don't really like that, that's never gonna work. <laughs> and so I sat around for about six months hoping another idea would come to me and nothing did. And so, on a winter afternoon, I sort of sat down and just tried to outline everything that had been going through my head about this plot. And before I knew it, I had about 6,000 words. I mean, they weren't great words and they certainly were all over the place. But once I looked at the word count, I thought, okay, this is something that you really want to write. And uh, so that's when I began in earnest. And it was a kind of a, an arduous task because it's told from various points of view. Mm -hmm. And so you're sort of learning about each character through other characters. Right. I love that. I, I'm, I'm, I love thrillers too. And, um, and so I, I'm excited to, to, to check this one out because it sounds really, so it's told from the perspective of the, 
the woman who just moves the the, the babysitter and then the mother yeah is that right it's it's told from the moms it begins with the mom whose boy is missing okay. i hope that's not a spoiler but <laughs> so <laughs> and then it moves on to the babysitter who should have been waiting for the little boy at his house but she was late um, because of her own sort of secret. And then it also is told from the point of view of a woman who has left town. And because she is a model and actress and her husband's a former rock star, her departure is sort of the gossip that everyone's been focused on until this boy goes missing. And that sort of makes them question, like, were we focused on all the wrong things? And it, who is there someone in our midst who's lurking? Or how did this come about? So. I know it's so fun. So, cause you know, I have written, so you've written th three books. I've written three as well. And, and thrillers are really hard to plot. So because you want to like, you know, um, keep the audience guessing and keep them engaged, but then you have to like also not confuse yourself. <laughs> so, like, exactly. And I think it's very hard because of course, you know, the ending. And so, for me at least i as i'm writing i'm always thinking okay would everybody have figured this out by now or would they still be fooled and i think at least in my experience i've had people say like oh i knew it's 70 percent in and then i have people say oh i never saw it coming so it's right. so hard to know every every reader is different and i know i've finished novels where i thought oh man i should have seen that like 100 pages ago but i you're just so swept up you don't notice I know. And I think the thing like I try to do even with movies, like I don't want to like guess <gasps> Me too. throughout. I just want to like be in it like I'm a character and yeah. just whatever the ending is, just be surprised by it, you know? Right. I think so too. I, I know. I, I don't know if you watched that um, Behind Her Eyes, that series. That was one that I, I never saw coming. Yes. Yes, I did. I did. My aunt recommended that show to me actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so do you have, so I know you said that your husband read it and, and offered his kind of ideas. Do you have like, you know, because, you know, um, liking literature is so subjective, just like liking any kind of art, you know? So is there any kind of, um, like, is there any other people that you show your work to? Or is it just kind of like, you, are you like focused on like the bullseye of like, you're dedicated to the story and kind of unwavering in your... Choices. No, well, actually, I, I have a little trouble with, I guess you would say, accountability. So what I do is I take workshops at, um, I live in New Jersey, and there's a local place called the Writer's Circle, where I've been very fortunate. I've been taking classes on and off um for several years, probably since about 2015. Mm -hmm. And it's really wonderful because I guess maybe you'll get like a, depending on the time of year, either a 10 or a six week session, and you come prepared with pages to share every week. And so that really holds me accountable. And then to get those pages done and semi-polished, you know, to share. Yeah. And then you get feedback live right there from an instructor and your peers. And what's really nice is that um, people, you know, it's not just thrillers that people are writing, they're writing everything. So when I first started this book, I was in with a woman who was writing a middle grade book, um, sort of an adventure fantasy story. And she was such a wonderful writer and a wonderful reader. So she provided tons of great feedback. And then another woman 
was um, a grandmother. So she brought a different perspective about this missing child. And um, so she was saying, or, or I'm sorry, she was writing sort of um, like a fictionalized account of something that really happened to her. And hers was a fascinating story. So it was just really nice to have different perspectives. And so I've continued on um, and I feel like it sort of keeps me honest that you get that feedback, you have to get those pages done. And um, then with The Perfect Neighborhood, I also sought the help of a developmental editor, um, Amy Tipton of Feral Girl Books. And she's not just an editor, she's like a cheerleader. Like she still will check in on me periodically and ask Ooh. like, how's it going? What are you working on now? You need to keep writing. And it's so nice because this can be such, as you know, um, a solitary endeavor. So it's wonderful to have that support of fellow writers and editors and just someone in your corner rooting for you. That's an amazing support system. That sounds like you really have a great team around you. That's really nice. I feel really lucky, yes. Um, and so you said that you are from New Jersey. I'm also from New Jersey. I don't even <laughs> think that we talked about that. <laughs> Where are you That's, from? I'm in Morris County in Chatham. Um, okay. How about you? Where did I'm, you? I'm originally from um, like South, like South, like South Jersey. So like around the Cherry Hill area, kind oh, of. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, one of the things we were saying, and, and and so in addition to your, to your to this book, and you have two other books, and I, I we'll talk about them too because I want to hear about them. But you, you know, what is? Are you writing novels full time, or what is? Do you have what are your other projects that you? Well. Thanks for asking. I had a job up until February. I was working full time um, in corporate communications and I was laid off. And I have to say, it wasn't a terrible disappointment. There had been a reorganization and just the management and leadership just really wasn't where it needed to be. And so I felt very unproductive in my days and I felt like my skill set wasn't being utilized. Mm -hmm. And even though I had I had kind of been pushing for what else can I do here? So long story short, um, I had, I have a work in progress that's nearly complete. And so when I was let go, I was given uh, a small severance package, which was sort of like a lottery win. And I felt like uh, the perfect excuse to try to finish this novel, which is also a thriller. So I've been working on that now, but I do freelance periodically. And so I think once I can say that this novel's in the best shape possible to try to sell it. I think I'm going to try to get back to freelancing full time. Nice. And as a writer or? Uh, yes. Thanks for asking. I do local news, um, local news pieces, human interest pieces. Um, some I've mm -hmm. written for just kind of any, anything. I'm a bit of a generalist, so I'll throw out essays or humor pieces or um, real estate things. Yeah. Just you name it, whatever pays the bills. <laughs> right, right. So, and I'm curious to see like kind of your, how you got started in publishing too, because, you know, I had a very kind of like bizarre journey with publishing, um, you know, getting like a, the, my first book out there. So I wanted to hear kind of what your, like what that journey was like for you and how you got oh. to the place now. How much time have you got? <laughs> and can we open some wine? Cause it has not been smooth. <laughs> sure. Right. So, um, okay, I'll, I'll take you all the way back. Um, so this layoff that I mentioned in February was not my first layoff. It was actually my third. 
And when my first one happened, my husband had been let go six weeks earlier from his job. He'd been employed for 18 years by this like major news organization. And so we were both out of work within six weeks of each other. And we had three kids and just not, as I like to say, don't try this at home. Yeah. So that, that was really rough. But so just to everything kind of is in a bit of a circle to go back to the writer circle. I was freelance writing again to kind of pay the bills until I found a new full time job. And I was asked to interview the founder of this writing school, this local writing school. So I did. And in speaking with her, I asked her, what's your most popular class? And she said, it's memoir writing. You know, everybody sort of feels they have a story to tell. So I thought, okay, what are the odds that my husband and I would be laid off at the same time? Like maybe there's something here. So I started working on a memoir and this was the first like full length thing I ever tried to write. So I began taking the memoir classes, completed it, started looking for an agent. And I don't know if you've ever participated in any of those Twitter pitch fests. I have not. Oh, okay. Well, that's how I found my first agent through that. And she was a wonderful woman, hardworking, really like a champion. And we just got so many rejections. People were saying, you know, the typical things you hear with memoir, I'm not a celebrity. Mm -hmm. I don't have a large enough platform. Maybe this could be an essay, <laughs> you know, which <laughs> does not make you feel good when you've written 90,000 words that people wanted it to be 800. So, um, unfortunately we couldn't just couldn't sell it so um we parted ways and and at the time i should mention the economy was booming there were very few layoffs this was like maybe 2017 and so okay. people were saying like nobody wants to hear about unemployment like unemployment is down and everyone who wants a job can get one so then i turned my hand to fiction and i wrote a rom-com which is still in my hard drive has not <laughs> has not made it out into the world but i got a new agent and um we couldn't sell that either and so it's it's been rough but then i will say i had a friend who was shopping around a thriller and she said to me, have you thought about sending your memoir through Audible's pitch portal? And I hadn't heard anything about it. So I did it. And about a month later, I got an email from an editor saying, we'd like to talk to you. Is this still available? We're interested. And so they ended up buying my memoir and um, working with me. And so that came out last November. And uh, that was really exciting because I really like, I just, I mean, you know what it's like. It's like your baby. You want somebody else to love it. And so I was just thrilled about that. And then at the same time, I guess before that I had written or around while I was shopping the memoir to sort of take the focus off all the rejection and to keep moving forward. I wrote a young adult thriller. Yeah. And I was able to find an independent publisher who wanted to publish it. And so that came out last april so it's it's kind of funny it's like i've been working working years of rejection and then boom everything comes out at the same time so people will say like wow you've been busy and i say well actually i started back in 2015. <laughs> so it's not it's like not an overnight success or anything right right but i'd love to hear your your journey um yeah yeah mine was so i yeah, it's like, it's crazy. Okay, so I started, um, I wrote a book um, that was kind of based on a young adult novel um, that was kind of like 
it was kind of like sold as like the cruel intentions meets the breakfast club <laughs> like oh at, wow at beach <laughs> oh i'd love to read that <laughs> yeah so we went so i i wrote it kind of with as like a love letter to like my three like best friends um from college i love that and yeah so and they're all and so all the characters are kind of like very extrapolated versions of ourselves and um and i wrote it in like 2009 like a long long time ago and then i wow. kind of like you know it was on my hard drive like and I thought, yeah, maybe I should just kind of dust this off and see if anybody else cares. <laughs> That's, I know, it's so hard because yeah. you think it's something, but will anyone else? Exactly. So I was able to get um, an independent publisher to, to publish it. And it was like, you win the lottery, right? Like it was like the greatest feeling of like acceptance exactly. and and everything. And, and yeah. they, shortly after they signed, or you know decided to publish the book like I, I came out I did like some like little small book tour like a you know book signings and stuff and they went bankrupt oh no oh, so sorry uh, yeah so so then I was like well you know and they had kind of planted the seed in my head that like this could be a series so then oh, of course wow. as the, the first day I heard that I was like on <laughs> the second one <laughs> fingers the keyboard I can yeah. imagine um and then and then I yeah, and then I was like, you know, it's so hard to get a book published that's already been published, like to republish under a different imprint. So I was like, you know, this book, the first book that I wrote can't be, isn't available anymore. So I just um, independently published it myself. Oh, good for you. So that was out there. And then, um, and so that was just a really interesting journey in, you know, marketing and formatting books which is like not something I love to do <laughs> I'm sure I've heard it's a real learning curve and just getting the copyright the ISBN mm. it's so yeah. many things go into it so yeah so that's I'm, I'm actually interested because so how for people who are listening you know what is like how would you what, what, what advice would you give to to go after an agent like a writing agent Oh, okay. Well, this is something I do. When I pick up a novel, I immediately go to the acknowledgments and I look to see if the author has thanked their agent. And then if I feel that my work is maybe in the same genre or has, you know, sim a similar feel that this agent might like it, then I will query that agent. But other things I do is like, I don't, I don't want to say stalking, which I know people do, but I'll sort of follow them, look at their Twitter feed, I'll look at um, their manuscript wish list, I'll go to their agency's website. I know also Publishers Marketplace is something, you know, it's $25 a month, but you, it is a real behind the scenes look at what, which agents are selling in which genres when they've had recent deals. And so I feel like that's really helpful. If Even if you just do it for a month and focus on finding those agents. And then also, um, I think really trying to hone that query letter to make it compelling. Cause I'm sure, you know, as we read, especially now they receive hundreds a day. So to try to make your stand out is not an easy task. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's good. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, if you're listening, everyone check out, <laughs> check those resources out. Yes. And I love, like I say, I, I think the acknowledgements are, are such a great place. And also on Twitter, if you follow an author, many times they'll have in their bio repped by, and then you can go right there. And so it's, I don't know how people did it before the internet. It's just, you know. just sending out like those packets of like, you know, 
Exactly. Crazy. Um, so I'm also interested, so you, you do a fair bit of humor writing. Would you say that your memoir is, it's funny? I, I hope it's funny. I mean, it's, as, uh, as uh, the publisher, as Audible puts it, um, it's kind of a very funny memoir about a very unfunny situation because yeah. it is, it's, it's kind of us trying to, you know, keep our marriage intact and kind of not lose our minds because I think anyone who has applied for a job knows, you know, there's just so many crazy factors from um, trying to beat the robots and the algorithms that sort of put your resume into a black hole to, and this is in the memoir, I, so I live in New Jersey, but I had an interview at like a major Manhattan landmark and it took me with summer traffic, like two hours to get there. Long story short, and because you know we're kind of down on our luck, both out of work, I'm like, I can't put this my minivan in a garage. That's going to cost me forty dollars. Like, right. I gotta circle around, get a spot at a meter, and then like I'm running in Birkenstocks to this you know establishment. I like get in the lobby, I switch into my heels, go all the floors, pass security. Long story short, the interviewer had forgotten that I was even coming. No. She, no. And I said, like, and I know you're a Real Housewives fan, but in the memoir, I say, like, if this woman had not been there, I would have gone, like, all table flipping crazy. <laughs> like, I just, after two hours, I'm like, I'm wearing deodorant, I'm wearing makeup, like, I've done mm -hmm. all of this. And so thankfully she was in the building, but you could tell she was just, she had completely forgotten. Her eyes were glazing over. Mm. And um, so like, I think you have to try to keep a sense of humor about these things. Or like, I would say if I wasn't laughing, I'd be crying because it was so. A hundred percent. I know. And, and no, the, but the, I think that's the, the, you know the paramount quality of a good writer is you can make something mundane or depressing and and elevate it to a like a place of levity and that you can kind of look back on it and with a smile and with and with you know and make people laugh like that's the best thing ever what um and so do you think because you seem like a really like happy like go lucky kind of person <laughs> and i relate to that because i am too but and then I'll like be writing and be like, where did this like dark murder mystery come from? Right, <laughs> I do. I know, I think that too. Like, where is this like in your brain if for the most part of your day, you're like a nice, you know, happy, easygoing, like hold the door for someone at your post office kind of person. And then all of a sudden you're like, this neighbor is evil. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a funny like juxtaposition. Um, and when I saw that you were writing thrillers, I was like, oh wow. This is, it's not just me. <laughs> right, right. I know, I guess we have to like get that out somehow, right? So yeah, maybe exactly. Better, yeah. better in fiction than in real life. <laughs> <laughs> no, and when you were bringing up The Real Housewives, I think we kind of just briefly spoke on it. So I used to, because I think in your bio, it says like writing about or talking about like subjects from like real estate to The Real Housewives. And I worked at um, a real estate agency called The Agency, which is oh, yes. the agency that Kyle Richards' husband owns. So um, Mauricio, right? Or yeah, Mauricio. So I, he was like my boss. So oh, I was wow. like, so it really was like, oh, real estate and real house. So I was like, <laughs> I know. What are the odds? That's funny. Know. Oh, yeah. that must have been such an interesting position. It was actually really funny. Yeah, one time we 
um, there was like, I did, I managed all the corporate social media. So we, I got like a call from like the receptionist and she was like, oh, there's a, there's a delivery here for you. I was like, oh, I wonder like what it could be, maybe an agent like liked an Instagram post I made about their listing or something and sent me like, you know, what something. And it was like this enormous like magnum bottle of like champagne. And wow. I was like, wow, this is so amazing. Like, wow, how kind, you know? And then it said, I read like the note on it and it said like, um, to Mauricio and Kyle, happy anniversary. Oh. <laughs> this is for Kyle Richards. <laughs> right, not for you. Oh, that's a shame. Kyle and Kyle. Oh. No, it's funny. That but, is really funny. But yeah, um, you're, you are, what, do you, are you a Real Housewives of New Jersey fan? I am. I am. I just completed part three of the reunion, even though, um, you know, I feel badly as a mother, I'm always, you know, when my kids will watch Impractical Jokers or anything where they're bleeping out swear words, I'm always like, boys, come on, there's got to be something better. You shouldn't be watching this. And then they always come in while I'm watching Real Housewives and they're like, you're one to talk. Listen, look at what you're watching. And so I feel a little hypocritical, but I, it's a guilty pleasure. How can, and I love seeing, I think, um, Sometimes the men are out in Morristown, which is right near me. So I, I just love seeing the restaurants where they are and, you know, see if I can pick something out if I've been there and yeah. it's fun. And I just want to ask you about your kids, you know, like what, how has, um, do, how, how has being a parent kind of informed your writing, if at all? Well, I guess with The Perfect Neighborhood, you know, my oldest son will say like, oh, why are you writing about missing kids? Like, you know, and I say, because I think as a parent, that's like my greatest fear. Even, um, you know, even my middle son has like a little dog walking business. And if he goes to walk a dog in the neighborhood and I feel that he's gone longer than he should be, like my heart is pounding, even though, and he'll be like, mom, I'm almost 200 pounds now. I'm six feet tall. Like nobody's just going to pick me up and throw me in a van. And I'm like, you don't understand when you're a parent, you know, everything hits differently. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think they, they're definitely sources of um, entertainment. And also when I wrote my YA thriller, I would run dialogue past them. Like, does this sound realistic? Or would kids say that? And, um, you know, at least my older two, like I sometimes they'll, even if they contradict each other, they'll come to like a middle place. Well, no, the character would say this. And then I'm grateful for their help. So I feel like they, they also keep me honest in that way. Yeah, they have their own, you have your own kind of like focus group, just like right. focus group, that's so nice. <laughs> yes, it is, it is funny though, but I mean, I'm sure you can relate with your publishing journey. I always felt like I wanted to be a role model for them, that I had this like passion that I wanted mm -hmm. to write, and this is kind of like a hard thing to do, but I wanted to see it through. And so I thought it might inspire them to go after their goals. But unfortunately, it's just been the opposite. Like they'll say like, oh my God, mom, give up. Why are you trying? This is so hard. So much rejection. It only breaks your heart. Because, you know, at dinner, I will share like, oh, you know, this thing I wrote just got rejected or that thing. Because I want them to know like rejection's a part of life and the overcoming it is what's really important that you don't give up in the face of a few no's, mm -hmm. but it seems to have had the opposite effect where <laughs> they're like, oh my well, God, mom, just go work at a garden center, be happy. <laughs> don't, don't drive yourself crazy looking for a new agent. <laughs> How old are they? They're 20, 16 and 15. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that 
I mean, I'm sure all of that stuff though, I mean, I'm not a parenting expert, but I do like to listen to like parenting podcasts because I would like to have kids one day. But I think like all of that stuff that you're probably doing is they're like absorbing it. And I think that the, it's, it's probably like you're laying a foundation of like, or, you know, um, a way of operating like professionally that they'll probably be like, no, like, they, they might like get down on you now, but I think that like, even like speaking like, you know, with my own parents, I think like, oh, wow, I really, like so much of my work ethic came from them. And they were similar in like, always kind of pursuing a dream and everything, so. Absolutely. I think I touch on that a little bit in my memoir, like my dad, his dad passed away when he was two. And so he was an only child and he kind of tried to provide for himself and his mom in later years. And so I think that was ingrained in me that you always support yourself, that you never quit a job until you have another one and that you just work hard for what you have. And so I think when we were out of work, that's what hit me so hard was like, I wasn't raised to like, I have to be working. I have to be productive. And right. so I think you're right. Even though I was rolling my eyes at him for many years growing up, it definitely see it seeps in and it stays with you. Yeah. And it's generational. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you said you have another book that you're kind of working on now. Is right. that in the, in the thriller genre as well, you said? It is. It's another domestic suspense. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to kind of work out the kinks and, you know, make the characters <laughs> do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I, I actually have a question because someone said to me once, you know, like I, um, I have two kind of like young adult-ish thrillers and, and then the, I, the book that I'm releasing, um, like next month. Oh, how exciting. I'm going to go read these, Kyle. I'm so oh, excited. Thanks. I'll have to like send them to you. They, um, this one is like more of like an erotic, like dark thriller. Oh, wow. And, and I, and, and someone said to me like, oh, you should really, um, get a, a pen name for that because oh. it's, kind of like different from like your brand as a writer and I just wanted to see what your thoughts were because to me it's like well I get I get like the marketing side of that but also like it's mine you know I right be on it do you have and so you kind of like are kind of carving out this this really interesting like thriller writing career like is that something that you want to continue or are you interested in other kinds of um books to write Oh, that's such a good question because, you know, the rom-com that I mentioned that I have not really been able to sell, and I keep going back to that. And for some reason, that's like my true love. Like, I'm like, why does nobody love this the way I do? Yeah. But um, I, I'd like to publish that. But I also got similar advice where somebody was saying, if you're trying to build up this thriller brand, you know, people are going to be confused, like, where's this rom-com coming from? Mm -hmm. And um, and then with my memoir, because there is some humor in that, or I try to approach it, you know, from a humorous place, I've also thought about, uh, once I complete this thriller, of maybe working on um, an essay collection, like a humorous mm -hmm. essay collection. But I've also heard, I just recently attended a writer's conference where I've heard essay collections are among the toughest to sell right now. <laughs> so mm. I, don't, I don't know if I just want to keep feeding the iCloud with things that go nowhere, but are cathartic for me to write. Um, so it is, it's definitely tough. But I've thought about the same thing too. Like if I were to 
release that rom-com would i want to do it under a different name but i feel the same way you do if you have people who enjoy reading your work i'm sure they wouldn't mind switching to a different genre or if they don't like the genre they'll just say you know i'm going to pass on that right yeah it's kind of I, I kind of liken it to like you know watching like a julia roberts movie it's like you kind of like love her rom-coms but she does drama so like you know there, exactly. there's just more for you to choose from i think so too um no the kind of the, the my rationale for it was because you know they said that series you know a book series is such a big seller so yeah. all the kind of three books that i've written like there's a very small character in the first book that becomes the main character in this kind of different brand oh i love that so it's kind of like well if you want to see what happens you have to read this other, <laughs> this other that's thing. a great great idea maybe yeah um maybe the rom-com can be something in the world of anything you've written before. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. I should just, <laughs> I'll slip in a character that no one, no one saw coming. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then just, you know, do you have, like, I know it's kind of like trying to pick between your kids, but do you have a book that you're most proud of or that you like the best of anything that you've done so far? Or, 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 or have, like, including the rom-com of some of stuff that hasn't been published yet? Oh, thank you. I guess I do love the rom-com because that was the first full-length fiction that I wrote. I guess I had struggled for such a long time with the memoir and that was, you know, that was a hard story to tell because I think at different points I'll say, and if you read the reviews, believe me, people will come back and say like, I'm hard on my husband, but I also, I joke and say like, it's easy to say because you weren't living with him. Like if you were here and heard him sighing in every room of the house, you would understand. And, and like, I was no bargain either. I mean, I was going from room to room shouting like, have you applied for this job? Have you applied for this job? So it, neither one of us is in a great light at some points in the book. But um, I think the rom-com was such a pleasure for me because it was fiction and I could sort of do anything and it was light and sort of, just such a departure from real life. So I think that always has like a special place in my heart, but. Amazing. Well, yeah, I hope, to, I hope that you can <laughs> the world soon. <laughs> I hope so. Well, Liz, I don't want to keep you here all day, but thank you. Oh, it's so, been a pleasure. So I've really enjoyed this. I, I hope we can stay in touch and I, know. I, want, I want to read your works. I would love to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and good luck with everything. Good luck on this new release. The Perfect Neighborhood comes out on July 12th. And you can go to LizAlterman.com to get to buy it and get all the information, right? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to have partnered with a local bookstore in Maplewood, where if you order through them, you can get a signed copy. So and I love to support them. They're a family owned local business. And I think it's so important now. I, I hate to see bookstores disappearing. I know, I know. They're so, like, they're such great, amazing, like, hidden gems, you know, a good one. Absolutely. All right, well, great. Thank you so much. Oh, and Kyle, thank you. We'll definitely be in touch. It was so great to meet you. Yes, you too. Have a good day. <laughs> okay, you too. Guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Liz Alterman. Don't forget, you can get her book, The Perfect Neighborhood, out soon. And I would really love if you could rate, review, and recommend this podcast to any of your friends. Um, and there's going to be a lot more author and book information soon. And not to sleep on some self-promotional opportunities, but my 
third book, Confessions of a Callboy, came out June 3rd, and I am so, so proud to say that it became a bestseller on Amazon for two days in a row. So I am so thrilled about it. You can go to Amazon and type in Confessions of a Callboy or Kyle Langan, and the book will be right there for you to check it out. Um, it's, I'm really, really proud of this, and obviously a lot of people, it's resonating with a lot of people. So check it out. Hope you enjoy. And don't forget that a portion of every book sale goes to benefit Equality California, which is a LGBTQIA civil rights organization that advocates for the rights of the gay community. So every purchase goes to a good cause. It's Pride Month. Let's make it happen. Thank you. I'll see you next time.